Thank you very much for coming. Um, just going to make sure that you can hear the sound of my videos. Okay. Um, I'm Angie Wigford, uh, the educational psychologist at Dover Court International School. And you are all parents from Dover Court, I presume, and hopefully um, some of our students from Dover Court. And I'm going to be talking to you about a topic which is very close to my heart. Um, having been, um, I am the mother of two uh, young adults now, but having taken a boy and a girl through adolescence, I have a very close personal um, link to um, this topic. And I wish I knew then what I know now about adolescence, to be honest. Um, but there we are. <laughs> it was before I became an, uh, a fully blown ed psycho as a teacher at the time. And also, I did a lot of work for the Youth Fending Service uh, when I was back in the UK. And that is um, young people up to the age of 18 who... Um, had been convicted of some kind of misdemeanor. And that really got me very interested in these young people who um, had got themselves into all sorts of terrible trouble um, and their stories were fascinating. So um, that's what I'm going to take you through today. Um, a, just a, a kind of half hour, 35 minutes uh, exploration really of adolescents, why they're special, um, why we need to treat them with a great deal of respect, humor, love and gentleness and, um, and then a little bit that's in particular their particular needs at this time in the coronavirus pandemic and the circuit breaker etc. So um, for those of you who um, uh, haven't seen um, Erickson's work on psychosocial development, I always start with this. It's very interesting. Um, you know, you, you can debate it. But for me, it always struck as really important. So if you go from left to right, you go through some of the um, aspects of various ages. You go from infant, toddler, preschooler, school age, adolescent, young adult, middle age, older adult. And if you look along the top, you have... Um, uh, a kind of what, what the search is in that age group. And then you also have along the bottom, the things that can be problematic, the things that can get, a, a, get um, in the way. So we're not looking at the rest of it now. If you ever wanted to go into it, it's very easy to find and very interesting stuff. Um, but if you look at the adolescent, it has always struck me that Erickson really got the adolescent. He called the task of adolescence a search for identity. And that is really what adolescents are looking for. They're looking to develop who they want to be. And that is partly why role models are so important. And you can see at the bottom, one of the things that gets in the way there, or that kind of spurs it along, I suppose, is this thing about role confusion. And adolescence is when you get um, young people who are exploring all the different possible roles in their life, and particularly sexuality comes into it at this point in time. And they can become very, very confused as they explore the different aspects of their potential identity. 
So it is a wonderful and really interesting time, but also fraught with challenges. And we're going to explore a little bit why. So, of course, the thing we think about at this age is puberty. So puberty is different to adolescence. Puberty are um, physical changes. And these physical changes trigger changes in brain development, which I'll go into in a little while. Puberty is very simply the period of sexual maturation and the achievement of fertility. So the time when puberty begins varies greatly among individuals, but in girls, it usually starts sometime between the ages of 10 and 14, sometimes as young as eight, sometimes as old as 16 or 17, but usually 10 to 14. And in boys, it's generally two years later than that. Adolescence is more than just puberty. Adolescence is the transitional phase of growth and development between childhood and adulthood. And um, WHO, uh, sorry, I'm still admitting people. Um, so roughly 10 to ages, 10 to 24. Um, and this is highlighted by the brain, the studies on brain development. So children's brains, as I'm sure you know, have a massive growth spurt when they're young. Little children are born with a brain that weighs about 300 grams. By the time they're three years old, their brain is about 1.4 kilos. It has grown massively. And by the time they're six, their brains are already about 90 to 90% of adult size. And it used to be thought that that was it. That was the main phase of brain development. However, We've learned a lot in the past 10 to 15 years. And what has been found is that the brain needs a lot of remodeling before it functions as, as an adult brain. And guess what? That happens in the teenage years. So the brain remodeling happens intensively during adolescence and it doesn't finish until the mid 20s. 23, 24, 25 is when this remodeling has. Um, more or less completed itself. So that's a lot going on in those brains. And the remodeling happens over a relatively short period of time in the adolescence. So the adolescence is a time of significant growth and development inside the teenager's brain. And the main change is the unused connections in the thinking and processing part of the brain, the brain gray matter are pruned away. And at the same time, other connections are strengthened. This is the brain's way of becoming more efficient based on the use it or lose it principle. Okay, so those of you who know um, a little bit about brain development, it really is use it and you shoot electrical connections along neurons, axons and, and dendrites, and they, um, that, that, fixes the connections between them at the synapses. So the more you do the same thing, this is why practice is so important of various things, the more you strengthen connections and pathways and the bits you don't use are pruned away. And this happens all the time, but massively in these years. So in terms of, um, I, 
there's a bit of talking now, but I promise you, I've got some diagrams and it gets a bit more straightforward. Um, pruning process begins in the back of the brain, right at the back in the visual re regions. The front part of the brain, prefrontal cortex, is remodeled last. The prefrontal cortex is the decision-making part of the brain, responsible for your child's ability to plan, think about the consequences of actions, solve problems, control impulses, the executive functioning. And changes in the prefrontal cortex at the front continue, as I said before, into early adulthood, into the 20s. Because the prefrontal cortex is still developing, teenagers might very well and often do rely on, obviously it's not conscious reliance, on a part of the brain called the amygdala to make decisions and solve problems much more than adults do. So the brain is becoming an adult brain, but there's a bit of it that has still got quite a long way to do. The amygdala is associated with emotions and impulses and aggression and instinctive behavior. So I think you can see where this is going. Just letting somebody else in. So in terms of brain development, judgment is the last to develop and executive functions develop over time in the prefrontal cortex. And I quite like this picture um, because it shows the difference, the blue is, and the blue and purple are more mature parts of the brain. If you look at the five-year-old brain, not much blue or very reactive and underdeveloped. Preteen brain has developed quite a bit. The teen brain, as you can see, is really lots and lots of development has happened. But the last bit, and you can see the back of it has developed, this is just looking top down. But the last bit, the executive functioning bit, is still not quite blue, still has to develop. So we're working on, it's just an illustration of the, um, the actual brain development is really important in terms of um, behavioral development. And it's my plea really as an educational psychologist that more and more people really understand this. It doesn't mean we let children, get, teenagers get away with everything, but they're going through a lot and they're not quite there in terms of their brain development. So they don't have the capacity of an adult um, to manage life. And just to reiterate that and show you a little, um, uh, uh, and to give you an idea of where you could go um, if you wanted more on this, let me show you this little video. We used to think the shaping of brain wiring systems tapered off after early childhood. But neuroscience tells us the brain goes through another rapid phase of change from age nine to 14 a second window of opportunity. Early adolescence is a crucial period for brain development where many challenges begin to emerge. It is also a time of opportunity when rapid changes can be harnessed to set adolescence on a positive path. 
Puberty initiates intense hormonal changes when the brain is forming better and faster connections between systems, improving the ability to make decisions, solve problems, understand consequences, and to gain more control over emotions and behavior. At the same time, the adolescent brain goes through a period of greater sensitivity to social evaluation and emotional reactions, Increased sensation-seeking, interest in social relationships, and exploration of identity all begin to emerge. Early adolescence brings on broadening experiences, acquisition of new skills, and formation of social networks that will have lasting impacts for the rest of a young person's life. To learn more, download the new publication, The Adolescent Brain, a second window of opportunity on the link below. So that's UNICEF's take on it. And they call it a second window of opportunity because the first window, of course, is naught um, to three when children or babies are developing. And if things go wrong, then they're saying that this is a second window of opportunity in terms of um, uh, supporting children. The only thing that I think, I think their time window um, is is too limited in this little video. I'm not quite sure when it was made, but the, if you look at the research, the it's not just nine to fourteen. It's a much wider window than that when the brain is really um, uh, developing, and um, uh, it it lasts longer. It really does go into the twenties. Okay. Now this is uh, my challenge for you. It's the only bit where I'm going to make you do a little bit of work. Um, and so I would like you, if you are with an adolescent, brilliant. Um, if you're on your own, please have a think about this. Um, so I want the adults in the room to either talk to their adolescents or their children, or talk to each other, or have a think on their own, of their own adolescence. So we're talking here more or less, because these are the children we have in school really, between the ages of 10 and 18. What were your difficulties? What were the problems? Did you have a very smooth, easy adolescence? Or were there some real difficulties there? And um, I also want you to think of the things that were brilliant. What did you love? What was the intensity of adolescence? So I'm going to give you um, uh, probably three minutes, maybe three minutes to have a little chat between yourselves. And this is a discussion, obviously, if you like it, that you can continue later on um, and uh, at other times. But making you take the time now to think back on your adolescence.
give you another two minutes, but those of you who, who maybe don't have much going on, um, I'll just tell you about a friend of mine in the UK who the other day told me that the police turned up at uh, three o'clock in the morning and they were returning her 17-year-old son who had sneaked out of the house and just gone walking all on his own because he couldn't bear being locked in. And luckily he wasn't, um, uh, he wasn't you know, uh, arrested or he was just given a bit of a talking to about how he shouldn't really be wandering the streets at three o'clock in the morning. Um, and they were quite sympathetic to the lockdown that they have in the UK. Okay, well, I've given you two, months, two minutes. I hope you've got some stories that you started with um, and that you can continue those stories because I think to develop an empathy for what's going on, it's really important to really take a good deep think about how you manage, because it's easy to forget, I think, what, um, what it was like um, and what were the great things. So we try and get a balance. Okay, so moving on, this is another little video. I'm just going to show you a little clip, which, and you might like to see the rest of it if you um, have this, um, if you get, you will get sent this tomorrow, so if you want to watch the rest of it. But this is um, a little illustration of teenage behavior. And then my favorite neuroscientist comes on a little bit later, Sarah Jane Blakemore, and uh, she explains a little bit about what we're dealing with and how universal these issues are of adolescence. Okay, the final talk here is not a medical talk per se, ladies and gentlemen, the final speaker recession uh, has enlisted the talents of the...
Why you? Why not? You said you were. No, I wasn't doing nothing. I wasn't. What do you mean? What do you mean? No, I wasn't. They've all gone now anyway. It's your fault, man. Well, I hate this. No, but what do you mean? What do you mean? Why am I like this? I'm just like this, okay? Okay! to mind when you hear the word teenager? Moody? Lazy? Egocentric? Monosyllabic? Up to no good? <laughs> I run a lab at UCL and our research focuses on the adolescent brain. When I tell people I work on the adolescent brain, often the immediate, immediate response is something along the lines of, what, teenagers actually have brains? It seems to be completely socially acceptable to mock and satirize people in this stage of their lives. And yet, adolescent typical behavior is there for a reason. Adolescence, which comes from the Latin adolescere, meaning to grow up, is used to describe the period of life between childhood and adulthood. This is a letter, a real letter, written by a reader to the Guardian newspaper, which Okay, 
So um, I just wanted to show you that because that woman has done the most amazing research and she is a real proponent for how adults to adapt and for people to understand. And this um, information about brain development is new. However, the knowledge that humans behave like this is old. And I'm going to take, read you this um, quote from Shakespeare's The Winter's Tale. Um, and I'll explain it because it's, it's dense as um, Shakespeare language always is. But it, I think it's really interesting. I would there were no age between 10 and three and 20, or that youth would sleep out the rest. For there is nothing in the between but getting wenches with child, wronging the ancient tree, stealing, fighting. Hark you now, would any but these boiled brains of 19 and two and 20 hunt this weather? So what he's saying there is that they get themselves into terrible trouble, getting with child, wronging old people, stealing and fighting, but they're the only ones that would go out to prove themselves and hunt in bad weather. So what we've got there is about risk-taking and opportunity. So lots and lots of, I hope I've persuaded you that um, there's a lot going on in a teenage brain. And we're gonna talk a little bit about um, what is having, happening at this particular time because we really need to understand what is going on. And I love this um, little picture that I found on one of my forums, which is about the difference between what we see in behavior and what um, a young person might be experiencing. So we might be seeing as parents some really not very nice, not very friendly, not very family friendly behavior as written down there, but actually that is a message about all the difficulties that a teenager may be experiencing and may not be able to really communicate effectively. And that's what I really wanted to get into a little bit. How can you support your adolescent and how can they support you given this um, difficult, this, this stage that they're going through? I would say that these things are some of the most important. So one is everyone is different. You might have an older child who went through um, adolescence without any difficulties at all, or they were absolutely dreadful. There's no reason why your second child or third or fourth will be the same. So you do need to recognize and accept individual differences. I've often had parents say to me, but I was a really good student, or I did this, or I did that. Your children are different to you and you need to recognize and accept those individual differences. The second one is about recognizing and accepting what they're going through, their physical, social, and emotional challenges of puberty and adolescence. We don't have time to go into it all now, but it is significant, really significant. Lots to do with um, how a sleep cycle changes. Um, so there are lots of places and lots of universities who start um, lessons and lectures later just because the sleep cycle of an adolescent is different to that of a younger child and an adult. We need to take that into um, 
into account. This is the time now, the yellow bar, to negotiate. You may have had a compliant child who will have done what um, you've asked them to, but now is the time to negotiate. Share your power a little bit. Help them, teach them how to take responsibility in a supportive way. When things are difficult, reason and please stay calm. If your adolescent is having a hissy screaming fit, if you join in with that, it's the same as with a toddler. You join in with that high level of emotion, then everybody is out of control and it's much, much harder. Try not to have screaming matches. Try, they're not always avoidable, stay calm. That's what they need you to be, calm. Uh, accept and trust talk. If your team will talk with you, you're lucky that's really important because their friends are usually more important than um, their parents at some points. Although, of course, they're not really. But in terms of talking, um, that's why we have, we, we, do a lot as counsellors, um, we ask children to let us, or young people to let us know when they're worried about their peers, because they're much more likely to talk to other peers and we don't always get that information. So try and talk, accept and trust. And also know that you will all make mistakes and learn from the mistakes. And you as parents will make mistakes, um, probably less, but you will make them. And your adolescent absolutely, 100%, definitely will do. But as we all know, nobody is perfect. And it's the same with the academic growth. You will make mistakes. And if you can learn from those mistakes, then you will be successful. Um, so I want to say something because on the questions um, on the sign up, a couple of people mentioned screen time. Now, screen time is always divisive and I think it's because a, a young person can hide away in their screen. But the research shows that it isn't inherently a bad thing. Um, it's very often uh, a key way in which young people will communicate. And it's not always the same thing. If it is always the same thing, then that could be a problem. So this is also very individual. So it's not inherently bad. It's a very individual thing. But the problems are very often more due to the impact of the length of time on the screen. And that can limit things like exercise. It can have an impact on diet, eating behavior. For example, if there's lots of time, people would, they will be snacking. Um, it will have an impact on social interaction with you and with their friends, and it can have a real um, impact on sleep. So if you use some of your negotiating techniques to make sure your teen or your adolescent does exercise, they eat around the dining room table, that sorts out the diet and social interaction for a large amount, and that they put their device somewhere else so that they sleep only um, at night, or you can, they, they take responsibility for that then it's not necessarily that screen time is inherently bad. And there's a lot of research on that, which I would encourage you to look into if you're worried about it. Um, uh, the Lancet did a paper a long time ago, which I think is very helpful. But there's also more help at school through the IT um, department who will, um, or the ICT courses, and they will be able to talk to you about that if you're worried about screen time.
this is for uh, young people. I think this website is really, really good. It's called Young Minds. And if you are a teen watching this, um, an adolescent or a teen watching this, and you are not feeling good, if you're struggling with this um, uh, circuit breaker, struggling with your parents reactions lots of young people do have a look on this you this is the time for you to start taking control for your mental health asking for help if you need it and having um looking around for good quality support not um because there's a lot of really challenging stuff out there that will make you feel worse go to a website like this where you can find help if you need it if you're not feeling ready to talk to somebody. For the parents out there, as you will know, probably you will have just received an email to say that we are reopening next week. Everybody will be going back in a staggered way. Not everyone will be in school the whole time. So I really recommend, this is a really good article. We don't have time to go through now, but it's a really lovely article to talk about, which has how to talk about um, some of those safety measures with your young people. So I would really recommend you looking at that. Um, and uh, this, this uh, webinar really isn't as good as I wanted it to be because my favorite resources uh, that I would have used to write it are stuck in school. Um, and these two books are absolutely my go-to for this age group. Um, Sarah Jane Blakemore is the scientist who you saw on the video just there. In, she wrote this book, Inventing Ourselves, The Secret Life of the Teenage Brain. It is, for me, it was transformational and uh, I highly recommend it. Um, the other one, is, and that's British, the other one is American, uh, Brainstorm. And that is also, I work, I use this book with um, year 10, 11, 12 and 13 and a lot of um, the young people I've used it with have really taken to um, some of the sections in that book. It's kind of coded. So it's got the theory and then it's got practical activities. Those practical activities are really good and quite engaging for um, adolescents. So this is about parents learning about this and also adolescents learning about this and finding ways to negotiate what is um, probably one of the most exciting times of our lives. So I'm afraid in this um, short webinar, all I've been able to do is give you a taste of um, uh, things, but I've also given you a lot of resources. It'll be emailed to you um, tomorrow morning, um, and I have some additional resources which will be emailed to you. If you have any questions, please email me or give me a call. Um, uh, and well, you can arrange to give me a call. And please do um, talk about this. Remember the wonderful and the challenging things about adolescents and just know that um, they are very special and we need to take great, great care over um, our young people and their development. And we need to, even though things can be very challenging, it's also a very creative, fabulous time. Um, and uh, yeah, enjoy it if you're an adolescent enjoy what you can. If you're a parent, enjoy it and um, support your lovely adolescent. So thank you very much, everybody.
Thank you for listening to the Dover Court podcast. Please subscribe to our channel.